0: Thank you for joining us as we walk with God. This is Brenda McCord for The Awakening in America, an outreach of the Himmelreich Memorial Christian Library. Friends, I want to welcome you to Walk with God. My name is Brenda. Walt and I are thankful for this opportunity each week to share God's word with you. We just were praying together and just saying that this is an important part of our life, of our life together, uh, our life individually, the way that the Lord has grown us and taught us in the study of his word. And so as we open our Bibles to the book of John, it's our hope that each of us Will learn more about Jesus. But first, I have to tell you a true confession. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Another one, right? Yeah. As a little girl, I would look for my Christmas presents and. Uh, Yeah, they were usually buried in the back of my mom's closet, and I was all about the gifts, all about the presents, all about something for me. And uh, I would even, if my mom ran to the grocery store or was out on errands, I would even open actual wrapped gifts. I know that's a really true confession. Walt is well aware that I did this. He does not let me know where any gifts are because he knows this about me. But um, I would wake up early on Christmas morning because we were allowed to open the gifts in our stockings and I would wake my younger brothers up. Um, I'm not really sure how my mom accomplished so many wonderful gifts in our stockings each year, but it was always a delight to get to open those early on Christmas morning. And I confess to you that my heart was seeking stuff, just more things to add in my bedroom, add to the toy collection, nothing of real substance and as I recall those Christmas memories for myself, I have to pause and ask this question, what am I seeking? What am I what is my heart truly desiring? And John the gospel writer wants us to believe that Jesus is the Christ, he's the son of God and that believing you may have life in his name. And so that is truly what we should seek. We should seek that personal relationship with Jesus. And we've spent several weeks now looking closely at this first chapter of John's Gospel. And I, ha- I I just have to say, each time I've read through this chapter, I've noticed another detail, or I ask a new question of the text, and that's God's Word. It's living, and it's active, as we read in Hebrews 4, verse 12. Well, just in summary, coming through this first chapter, John has given us many names for Jesus— Let's just review that list before we start today. He's called the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. He's referred to as the light of men. The light shines in the darkness. The true light. He's the only begotten. The Christ. The Son of God. The Lamb of God. He's called Rabbi or teacher, he's referred to as the Messiah, Christ, as Jesus. He's called the King of Israel. He's referred
1: to as the Son of Man. And as we begin to look into the actual text, John 1, 35 to fifty one, we'd love for you to follow us, follow along with us um, in your own Bible, because we'll summarize some of these verses and not read the whole text. But beginning in John. Uh, chapter one, verse thirty-five, and again the next day, John was standing with his two disciples. Now this is John the Baptist; he's standing with his two disciples, and and with that, he looked up up in Jesus as he walked, and he said, "Behold, the Lamb of God." Now this is the second time that John is t- saying, "Hey, look, there's the Lamb of God," and the first time uh, we we talked about last week, but the first time. He says that, and he says, oh, and by the way, I saw the Spirit ascending on, uh, descending on him and remaining there. And then he has a prophecy, and, and this is just the beginning. There's more to come. Um, I, I love that even as, he, as John is telling others about Jesus, he seemingly releases his disciples to follow Jesus. Um, it's not like John says whoa 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 you're my disciples Um, there's no sense of competition there's no sense for John of I need to grab and hold on to my own Um, this is God's work and John has had a purpose of preparing a way for the Lord and challenging the nation to repent for the kingdom is at hand because the king is coming And, and John lives out these words it is he who comes after me the thong of whom his sandal I am not worthy to untie. That, that was back in verse 27 of chapter 1. And, and John's just saying, there's someone coming after me that's greater than me. And as he looked at Jesus and as he walks, he, he proclaims, behold the Lamb of God. And again, just the, the fullness in Jewish theology of, of, of lambs and sacrifice and um, a willingness to um, to just be humbled and broken. Um, this is the second time John has said this. But the two disciples hear him speaking, and, and they're following Jesus, um, and, and, and begin to follow him. And these two disciples, when they heard what John had said, and I, I take that the whole of what John had said, both in, in this setting and the previous one, um, they heard the truth. They knew something was different. And Jesus turns and sees these, these two disciples of John following him, and he said to them, What do you seek? What do you seek? And they said to him, Rabbi, which translated means teacher, where are you staying? And really in that moment, what they're saying is, we, we seek, we want to come with you. We want to be with you. Um, but that question, what do you seek? Um, he invites us into a relationship with, um, with um, him. He, he not only invites these two disciples, but he invites all who want to become disciples that when we seek him, we will find him. And when you seek me with all your hearts, you will find me. That was from Jeremiah, the prophecy in chapter 29. So two of John's John the Baptist's disciples followed Jesus, um, beginning at Bethany, beyond the Jordan, um, the southern end of the Jordan River, just before the Dead Sea. And then they, they, they follow Jesus, and they follow him. Wait, and, and Jesus says, what are you seeking? And he said "Then come you will see. And so there's that invitation, come. One, what are you seeking? But if you really want to seek and find uh, uh, me as your disciple or me as your teacher, come and and you're going to see some things. So they came and they saw where he was staying and they stayed with him that day. It was about the 10th hour. Now, right here in our passage, um, I have one head to heart application I, I have to consider for myself, but I also ask you to consider. Um, we have a Savior who asks us, what do you seek? And sometimes I just give easy and, and, and short answers. You know, Lord, what I seek is for you to meet my physical needs or for you to heal me or this person. Um, and yet Jesus invites us to a deeper seeking. He invites us to come and spend time with me. Um, That aspect of what do you seek? Well, now come and see, but also come and spend time with me. And this brings to my mind, am I spending time, uninterrupted time? I mean, not just time, but am I spending uninterrupted, focused time with the Lord daily? Do I seek to be in his presence daily? Daily. Do I even sense that that's a need and a longing of my heart and soul? And that's what Jesus is asking these two disciples of John the Baptist. And I, that's what Jesus is also asking you and me. I'm, am I willing to spend time? Am I willing to have uninterrupted time and focused time with the Lord? And do I seek daily to be in his presence?
0: Yeah, and, you know, well, even as you say that, I you know, I start running through my mind, I've like to have that morning quiet time but so often i reach for my phone uh did anybody message me do i have an email that i need to check do uh, i'll pick up a piece of paper i've got a to-do list you know my mind already starts heading into my day and all the things i need to do so i love that you said am i spending uninterrupted time? Do I I really purpose and set that time aside? Well, remember that as this chapter is unfolding and we're reading and have been looking at the ministry of John the Baptist, people are watching and waiting for the promised Messiah. It had been 400 long silent years And here came John the Baptist, and many people had traveled to the Jordan River Valley to hear him preach that message of repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And John's gospel is arranged differently than the three synoptic gospels. And so we see um, a discrepancy here that after his baptism, Jesus actually was called into the Judean wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights. And so that doesn't mean that God's word isn't true. It, it It's just John is presenting these facts about who Jesus is. And we have to lay out, as it were, um, a framework of the gospels and what Jesus' public ministry actually looks like. And, you know, one of our favorite professors from Dallas Theological Seminary, who
1: is it? Dr. <laughs> Doctor P, Dr. Dwight Pentecost, who's now in his eternal reward. And he... He put together a,
0: a, a wonderful work that we refer to the words and works of Jesus Christ. And he he was a master at walking through all four gospels and just weaving. And that's just such a great resource. We know God's word is true. And we're just putting together the pieces of this text for you. And so as we go into verse 40, we see one of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. And he found first his own brother, Simon, and said to him, we found the Messiah. And he brought his brother, his brother Simon, to Jesus. And Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, the son of John, you shall be called Cephas, which is translated Peter. I love that Andrew heard behold the lamb of god followed jesus and andrew turned and said i want my brother to hear this good news and he brought him to jesus he didn't he didn't tell him he didn't give him a lot of information but he just said you've got to meet this person and jesus then speaks directly to simon andrew's brother and he changed his name. You know, Jesus was already at work in the heart and life of Peter. Oh, he had a lot of work to oh, do. a lot of
1: work to do. <laughs> what do we say about
0: you. Peter? Peter always had his...
1: A foot-shaped mouth. He <laughs> yeah. always had his foot firmly planted in his mouth yeah. regularly.
0: But, but we see at this very first interaction, this first conversation, Jesus says to Peter, I have a very special purpose for you and for your life, and I am going to change your name. Your name will be Cephas, will be Peter. Well, the next day, Jesus purposed to go to Galilee. Here's where we see that discrepancy in the gospel books, but we can put that together with a deeper study, but not today. And he found a man, Philip. And Jesus said to him, follow me. Now, Philip was from Bethsaida, which happens to be the same city of Andrew and Peter. Therefore, fishermen, because what does Bethsaida mean?
1: House of fish or house of fishing.
0: So these men were trained, you know, and probably generation upon generation, they were professional fishermen. Well, Philip um, comes in contact with Jesus. And first, I love this. Jesus says to Philip, follow me. That invitation, Jesus is extending a personal invitation. He extends it to you and me as well. But Philip heard that invitation. And what did he do? Immediately, he had a friend, Nathaniel. And it says, Philip found Nathaniel and said, we have found him of whom Moses in the law and the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. So Jesus travels to the Galilee region. He finds Philip and says, follow me. And, you know, at this point, I... I'm just looking at this and I'm saying, you know, Andrew heard and followed Jesus and he went right away and found his brother Simon and said, come. And we see here that Philip found Nathaniel and said, come, I have someone to
1: introduce to you. And I love how the text lays this out. Jesus saying, what are you seeking? And then he says, well, if you really want to seek that, Come and you and you will follow me. Come and see. But then he goes from come and see to follow me. And I I just love that. The idea of we start just trying to understand and, and trying to read some things and trying to hear about Jesus. But then there's a call to follow him. So Nathaniel said to him, Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? And remember, Nazareth at this point is just a little backwater town. And Philip said to him, Come and see. So Jesus saw Nathaniel coming, and he says of him, "Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit." And as Nathaniel says this, and Nathaniel responds, "How do you know me?" And Jesus said to him, "Hey, before Philip called you, when you were under the tree, I saw you." And even in this interaction, Jesus is saying, "Look, there's no guile, there's no deceit, there's no cunning in you. I saw that in you, even when you were sitting under that tree." And with that, Nathaniel says, "Rabbi." You are the son of God, which is a messianic title. You're the son of God. And you also are the king of Israel, which, which has more of a, a Jewish political messianic sense. He, he's saying, I, I'm saying you're the Messiah and I, I'm, I'm here and I'm all in. And Jesus answered and says to him, really? Because I said to you that you, I saw you under the fig tree. You now believe that I'm the Messiah, that I'm the son of God, that I'm the king of Israel? Um, because I said that to you, you under the fig tree, do you believe you will see far greater things than these? And he said to him, truly, truly, I want you will see the heavens open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. And and I just want to note, Nathaniel's doubting. Not, not everyone that comes to Jesus immediately turns and says, "Oh, th- that's the guy. He's doubting. He he needs to come and see. He needs to hear." But when he does, he says, "I'm I'm going to follow this guy." And I, and I love that. Jesus just doesn't just say, "Oh, great job." He does say great job. Um, but at the same time, he says, "Nathaniel, you're going to see more than this." Literally, he's he's saying, "Nathaniel, you ain't seen nothing yet." And he says
0: here that invitation, Philip invites nathaniel he says come and see he didn't he didn't fill in all the gaps he didn't give the details he just says you've got to meet this person we know that he i know he's the one that moses spoke of he's the one that the prophets told us about and so in these final verses in john chapter one we see the first disciples who followed jesus in his public ministry andrew who called his brother Peter, Philip, who found Nathaniel and said, come and see. And then probably John, the author of this particular gospel. And we hope that your hearts have been stirred with two specific head-to-heart questions. What are you seeking? Imagine Jesus looking straight into your eyes and asking you that penetrating question, what are you seeking Lord, I want to seek you first. That should be our response. And then who am I inviting to meet Jesus? Each of us needs to have that personal relationship with God's Son, that by believing in his name, each of us individually may have life, in fact, eternal life. You know, as we've walked through this first chapter, there are three big ideas that we want to take away first of all, the Word became flesh. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. And then he became flesh. He became Jesus. Then we see, behold, the Lamb of God, as John the Baptist proclaimed. This, in fact, is the one we've been waiting for. And then as we've talked today, come and follow me. Will I choose, will you choose to follow Jesus? Well, friends, our time has ended. And until our next time together, it's our prayer you will continue to walk with God. Thank you for joining us as we walk with God. This is Brenda McCord for the Awakening in America and Outreach of the Himmelreich Memorial Christian Library.